listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. We're closed. I was just reading about you, the puppy killer. Oh, well, I do love spots. You didn't. I didn't. Now, Artie, I have a plan. Of course you do. And you're going to help me with it. Hmm, what do I get? A night of fabulousness and mayhem and possible death. Check, check. I'm not quite sure about the death, though. It won't be you. Hmm, I'll get my coat. Episode 67, Late Night Edition. We are joined by special guest Eric Kweme. Uh, thank you so much for joining us late night. I know you're on the East Coast, but uh, hey, we're back. Last time you were on was Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> yes, I was on for the Jurassic Park slash uh, the fan fiction episode there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. Classic uh, episode. A, Go stream that th- shit right now. <laughs> what a throwback. Uh, Eric, uh, joins us for a Cruella episode. This uh, was Disney plus all access plus it's doing pretty well in theaters, but uh, Eric, how you doing, man? Thanks for, thanks again for joining us. Oh man, I'm doing great. Thanks again for having. Uh, other than that, we got no new, no blue stoneball mic. You don't sound no like you're talking to the back of a mic. Dell <laughs> speaker. Your boy got a real microphone because we're a professional podcast. Upgrades. <laughs> Shout out to the the Samsung Q to you. Yeah, that's what this is. Was I the snowball it. blue? I thought I always thought it was white. No, it's the- white, but <laughs> the brand is blue. Oh, <laughs> brand like, is BLU. Got it. Got it. Got it. The uh, did you go to uh, Best Buy where like where's the podcast mics? <laughs> no, I did that shit on YouTube like an adult. Uh, all right. <laughs> Teej, how we doing, man? We doing all right? I'm good. I'm good. Just been watching a lot of playoffs, uh, watching a lot of getting ready for the UFC event this weekend, and just chilling. I was good over here. Are you fighting in it? Uh, no, I, I, I am. I, as I tell everybody on Twitter, I don't want no smoke with no fisticuffs. <laughs> I am not a fighter. I just like to watch other people fight. Does Mr. Blaba said that he could last and wants to take a UFC kick. He literally said he wants to feel what a UFC kick looks like. That's not not me. I do not want to feel that. No, thank no you. thanks. Not on. Not even. Not even once. I don't no, want CTE. I think my, my life has been pretty good without it. So I saw Fam's leg like wrap around another guy's leg, just doing his regular ass leg kick straight out of the gate, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I don't. I, no, I, don't, I don't will never any... kick another man in my life. Like I don't need that." <laughs> Uh, all right. Not a lot of fighting goes on in this movie, but uh, you know, so some casual murder. Some casual murder uh, in this children's. Well, I guess it's PG thirteen. Anyway, Cruella, uh, not a Disney remake, a Disney prequel, which is something different. And I think we could probably talk about a little bit from what they've been doing. But 
uh, a Disney original film based on previous property, live action film rather, based on previous property. Uh, Cruella, PG-13, has a 7.4 on IMDb, has a two hour and 14 minute runtime, which uh, a live action prequel featuring a feature film following a young Cruella DeVille. It is uh, directed by Craig Gillespie. It was written by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara. Uh, stars Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, a queen, uh, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, a king, uh, and I, I just criminally underused Mark Strong in this as well. Uh, John McRae as Artie as well, and a bunch of CGI dogs. So there's that. It has made so far, according to IMDb. 88 million at the box office those aren't quite place two numbers but they they are something um so we're seeing a little bit of a rebound at the box office let me get the rotten tomatoes score it has a 59 meta score yeah 59 meta score that feels low and it has a 74 percent um critics review on Rotten Tomatoes, 97% audience score. Cruella can't quite answer the question of why its title character needed an origin story, but this dazzling visual feast is awfully fun to watch whenever it's leading ladies lock horns. And I agree with actually all of that's just my review. I'll just take that review from Rotten Tomatoes. That literally answered the question though. Why did it need a prequel? Because it was a dazzling visual display. That was that doesn't really justify fun. the means. You know that. <laughs> then then like then why does Avatar exist? I don't know. I, you yeah, could ask yeah. why does it exist for any Disney movie? I don't like that part of the review. <laughs> the, no, no Disney movie has to exist. Like the it exists because they knew it would make money. That's the answer. Well, yeah, yeah. Why does it exist? Because I had a good time. That's why. Yeah, I had a great time. Because <laughs> fucking money. Uh, <laughs> million dollars reasons right there. Yeah. Eric, go ahead, man. What do you think about it? Give it a letter grade. Give it a review. So for me, I gave it a letter grade of a B plus. Uh, but honestly, I might be leaning on the A minus side. I thought wow. that this was an incredibly fun movie i was uh, i was telling dex before recording that the entire time i was smiling because i just kept thinking they actually pulled this off i went in with low expectations i got a large popcorn this was just going to be something that was on in the background while i eat a popcorn a free popcorn from amc um and the whole time i i, I had fun I thought that Emma Stone did a fantastic job. Um, I thought that Emma Thompson, like you said, is a queen. She obviously was fantastic. And then I thought all the supporting characters um, uh, kind of held their own against those two powerful uh, performances. Going into why it exists for me, I was having a conversation with someone this summer about the uh, most demented Disney villains. And I mentioned Corella DeVille, I thought, we can really forget that there was a woman out here trying to kill dogs uh, for a hundreds, coat, trying to kill hundreds of dogs for a coat that wouldn't feel good. Dogs <laughs> don't have a pelt that would feel good as a coat. So I was like, this woman has to just be somewhat demented. And of course, then this trailer drops. I saw this and I don't know. I, it answers a question. It answers a question for me of uh, why this movie exists is because we want to know the backstories of these villains that don't normally don't get their backstories told. Yes, I will agree with, I really agree with that, but I also am on the thinking of like, 
can we just let sociopaths be sociopaths? Like we don't have to give her a redeeming arc all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like, because in the very end of the day, we know that she just tried to kill hundreds of dogs. Like, why do we have to like feel bad for this woman? We don't. Just let her. Just let her be crazy. That's fine. They gave us a new sociopath though, so like they got rid of one and gave us another one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Dex, you really like this movie? Go ahead. Yeah, I gave it an A minus. I, yeah, this movie was way more fun than I expected it to be. Like it had. Like Eric said, it had no reason to be as entertaining as it was. Like we all, I think everyone saw the trailer when it first came out, and we were like, "What the fuck? Like, why?" Are they? That trailer was ass. That the trailer, trailer was stinks. ass. Stinks. Whoever made that? Does that not trailer was ass. Any of that eighty-eight million dollars? Yeah, like that. That trailer was some bullshit. Like the. Twitter spent a good day and a half just being like, this is the dumbest shit ever. They'll put Emma Stone in anything. We're so sick of her. We're sick of Disney and their live action bullshit and all that. And then slowly people started like seeing this movie because like not everyone was like, yeah, I'm going to spend 30 bucks for that shit off the rip on Disney Plus. Fuck that. Hell no. 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 And this is not a thirty dollars movie. Do not spend thirty dollars on no, the movie. No, this is a matinee. This is a matinee special. I saw this shit for seven seventy five at a Cinemark, and that is the perfect amount of money for this. <laughs> but yeah, like slowly, people started watching, and they were like, "Wait, is, is Cruella actually is, is, is actually good? I, I think that was good, guys." <laughs> so I went and saw it, and I was like, "Yo, this shit is like just fun." I laughed like the music is jamming. The music is very cliche. We can get into that later, but like the music is really good. Uh, Emma Stone is great. Emma Thompson, like her character is so weird at first, but like slowly, but just becomes really entertaining because she's really entertaining. I thought the Timon and Pumbaa, the two sidekicks, they were great. (laughs) But yeah, it's an A minus for me, man. This is like a perfect, like, little like tastes coming back to the movies like not post-pandemic but like coming towards post-pandemic like this is this was a good one to come back on so a minus for me all right Tej, go ahead man you so seem I'll, to like this just as much yeah i'll admit my biases up front but i think that my review is so uh, objective but one i love emma stone i i just find her so charming I love her presence on screen. She's always like a little mischievous. I love pretty much all of the good movies that she's done. Everybody's done some bad movies, but like I love Emma Stone. Uh, second thing I'll admit is I'm a sucker for this. Like you thought they were the bad guy, but let me show you why they might not be the bad guy. Just uh. complete genre. I love Wicked. I've seen Wicked on broad. I've seen Wicked like at the stage at least seven times. I'm a, I love it. Like I just like I just like the retellings of these. So like. Where Royden's like, why do we need a story for this? I give me all the villain backstories. I want to see Marvel movies dedicated to villains. I just like hanging out with villains. I think it's so fascinating. So, um, I saw the trailer like everybody else. I thought said this was gonna be a piece of shit, and that's sad. But I'm glad that uh, that Queen Emma Stone's gonna get a check, and she can go do something very interesting again later. Uh, the second so my, one of these because it's already in production. My my expectations were very low. And I don't know if this movie ever answered the one question I had, which was why did Cruella DeVille want to shave dogs or like murder dogs to make this coat? I got her backstory, but I still don't think I know the answer to that question, but that's fine because, you know, I had a great time. I thought it was charming. I thought it was very well, well written. 
I thought the performance was really good. Like Dex said, the music cues were something that if you got five guesses, if they set up the scene for you, you would have you would have guessed the music like 50% of the time. But it was fine. I thought it was like hearing when Emma Thompson makes her grand grand entrance and they play five to one, like it just makes so much sense. It, it's like a perfect song cue. But like, of course, like we, we could have guessed it, it, but it's just awesome. I just really enjoyed watching it. And, I, you know, I, just, I had a couple, you know, things wrong with the movie. It's definitely too long. There was a kid walking out of the movie theater when I was in the theater that was like, wait, uh, I didn't know that Cruella and uh, Estella were the same person. Like she did. She didn't. <laughs> she thought they were two different characters. And this wasn't like a small kid. This kid was like eight or nine. So like if a kid can't pick up on that, either the kid wasn't paying attention because he's on YouTube or the movie has some flaws in it. But I that enjoyed kid it. Was just dumb. It was just a yeah, dumb I, kid. I would give it a solid B plus. I wouldn't give it an A. But and my expectations were low, which is why I had a great time in the movie theater because I expected to see something stupid and I actually really enjoyed it. So I give it a B plus. Man, I got to give this movie a C minus or no C plus rather. Sorry. I was going to say. Oh. Yeah. I, I just think uh, I, 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 <laughs> like it's just, there is no Put that on Rotten Tomatoes. Roy knows the tree. Like, okay. I will say Emma Thompson and Emma Stone are very good. I think they've, wholeheartedly committed to this to this role paul walter hauser i think is a really great character actor but then again he was really struggling with that british accent i think the guy that plays jasper was was pretty good as well i thought it was a like i said a criminal misuse of mark strong who was also it was just a great british actor in general but i thought emma thompson stole the show i thought she was great i thought she was really funny i thought she was it but them turning her into a serial killer all of a sudden is kind of interesting spoiler alert if you haven't seen i don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't seen the movie but it was kind of interesting but the whole backstory and it gets better but within the first 10 minutes of the movie the whole backstory for why she may hate dalmatians is because dalmatians knock her mom off of a cliff and I audibly laughed out loud. That yeah. was so fucking dumb. That, that was very stupid. That, that <laughs> shit was so stupid. That was the worst. See, that was the worst part of the movie. And it happened 10 minutes in. Yeah. As we said, there was a whole two hours after that. That literally was fun. a whole two hours after the movie. So, I mean, that's like, that's fine. And it redeems itself. And I think the little Easter eggs of of 101 Dalmatians, like, especially when she's driving the car and she's got that crazy look in her face and, and all that. But the, 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 the switch between them not knowing who Cruella is, what it looks and sounds exactly like Emma Stone to being like, Oh, you're just Estella again. Like how dumb are these people? <laughs> like, how, how much are we supposed to suspend disbelief? Because we're supposed to believe that Emma Thompson is this murdering sociopath that she's murdered so many people that she doesn't know that she murdered her, her her mom or whatever her surrogate mom and that just the story arc in this really deducted points for me like even though it was really really fun to watch even though i'm a sucker for like when they played sympathy for the devil when uh when she's like kind of winning or whatever at the very end, I was like, that's a great choice. Like, why not? And just all of this stuff. And and, and I thought the cotton, one thing that we don't talk about enough, I mean, Devil Wears Prada, but it 
had great costume design. This should be nominated for a costume design award. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's just kind of like a retelling of Devil Wears Prada, which he gets it even more dark than Devil Wears Prada um, because of murder. But yeah, I think it's, it is it is that. I just can't get past the storytelling arc. And again, the need to... I, I said this with Joker too. It's like, we just don't we just don't need it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's fine. Like I you could say that about a bunch of movies, like we were saying, but I don't know. Yeah. This movie definitely like does the Joker thing, but I feel like it does it way better than Joker. Cause like we've said on this podcast, Joker's ass. I'm sorry if y'all like <laughs> Awful. it. Fucking that movie terrible. sucks. <laughs> like, but it's be- it's because the, they made Cruella charming and the Joker right. is the quite the opposite. And you, without that sense of charm, you're just like, why am I here? Because you feel like Royden would feel until you feel charmed, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm enjoying it." But like, you, you don't enjoy Joker. You're not enjoying watching this dude, or you're not really like charmed by his wit or personality or like disposition. You're just like, "This guy fucking sucks," and this movie fucking sucks. It's basically yeah. and like half the experience with Joker is seeing it opening weekend in a crowded theater and being like, "Am I going to be shot?" Like that, like. Is a yeah, part that of didn't the help movie experience. my enjoyment of the movie, and that was very much a part of my Joker experience. Even though I went like two weeks later, it still felt a little incelly. So yeah, uh, it's like yeah, I we wasn't were, we were too going safe. through a lot at that yeah. time. We were like, mm, I don't know, but I'm here though. But I don't know. But yeah, Cruella is just a, a good ass time. It's just nice to be back at the movies, and Emma Stone is very charming. Emma Thompson is campy and evil and weird, and it's just good. This movie, like it. It combined like Devil Wears Prada and Joker and then like the Lion King because literally like Emma Thompson and Emma Stone's relationship is Scar and Simba like and like with the killing the parent and like she meets Timon and Pumbaa and they teach her to steal and like, <laughs> live carefree <laughs> and then she comes back and realizes she's the actual heir to the throne like it's, it's Lion King like to a T. But it just works. I didn't even put that together off. until you said that. Until yeah. you said that in our group chat, I was like, "Holy shit, that is the Lion King." Because I was thinking the Devil Wears Prada, Devil Wears Prada the whole time. I never even thought about Lion King until you broke it down. But that yeah, the perfect. plot is just straight up Lion King. But you know, like if you just shut your brain off and you're like just there to enjoy Emma Stone and Emma Thompson just trading bars, it works. And you know, one thing I think we've all said that we didn't necessarily get the answer of why is this person killing or going to want to kill dogs? I think it does answer it. So in the first 10 minutes, it does a thing where we think, oh, she wants to kill these Dalmatians because they murdered her mom. But then I think the rest of the movie just showed that one, she has this psychopathic tendency, but two, she has this incredible drive to be the absolute best. And in this, in this realm, she's trying to be the best in fashion. So I can easily see this rumor going on that she made a coat out of Dalmatians. Whoa, did she do that? And at some point, somebody's going to uncover that coat actually wasn't made out of Dalmatians. She's actually a fraud. Maybe there's a new upcoming fashion designer who is a little bit more ruthless. And she thinks the only way for me to stay on top is I actually do what I was rumored to do at the beginning. I don't know. I see I see Cruella as like a careerist, a fashion designer who will do whatever to take or whatever it takes to stay on top. 
And maybe this rumor of her being the dog killer pushes her a little bit over the edge to actually becoming that in that next movie. But then, like, the rest of the world is like, we didn't actually want you to kill dogs. <laughs> I mean, that's there's no logic <laughs> in the psychopath's mind there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I it, to me, it just never, it never made sense because they end the movie with, like, um, with her still holding on to her predecessor's Dalmatians and, like, them being loyal to her and then them sending who end up being uh the the protagonists of 101 dalmatians to dalmatians pongo and and uh the girl dalmatians name i can't remember but um so it ends with that so it ends with the setup of she sent them the original dalmatians that's now canon it like, came to collect <laughs> like yeah. i need 101 of these puppies like, for a yeah. fucking coat <laughs> maybe she's yeah, even more of a psychopath she's grooming it like she's just like playing chess playing chess not checkers she's trying to <laughs> actually do it yeah, going birds and the bees with these dalmatians that she's sending across london <laughs> yeah i don't know i just think that it while it was entertaining in the disney easter eggs and overlords they got me for a few times where i was like some of the comedy was really funny like the quick like i think it was well directed for sure, like the quick cuts of comedy bits of them tackling all the women and stuff at the parties was really funny. I thought the Timon and Puma character, like you were saying, are really funny. Um, but yeah, and, and at the end of the day, uh, even though this is PG-13 and there's some heavy elements here, um, this is not made for us. Made for, yeah. made for like 10 to 15 year olds. Well, I define who us is because I felt like it was made for me. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to three Thank people you. who who walked yeah, out I mean, thinking not made for me. Made for me. We Thank ate that you, shit Mouse up. Overlords. Thank you, Mouse Overlords. I appreciated it. Yeah, shout out to y'all. If y'all want to keep doing the thing where you put movies in theaters and also on Disney Plus at the same time, I will take that shit every day of the week. Like this one. And, and we're getting Loki. To, uh, today so you know i'm not ever going to disrespect our mouse overlords yeah disney feeding the streets bros yeah thank you thank you <laughs> but like like we were talking about the opening of this movie i guess kind of moving into more of our usual like slander bits i at the beginning of this movie i was like was, was her mom a prostitute like was her mom tricking like is that is that what's happening because <laughs> like, they they play it up like I'm going back to visit my pimp. Like, I just need a little, I need a little bit of money. Like, we're going to get out taste. of here, bro. Need a taste like, and we'll get out. I was like, yo, like, we I did not think that. Disney. That is like, Dex's dark mind. I did not I think was like, was that's tricking. immediately what I thought. I thought she was, I thought she was tricking. Like, I, I, I noticed. Was, yeah, I thought Mark Strong was like her father. I thought that's where this was going. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I thought she was fucking the rich lady's uh, husband. I, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, I I knew there was a twist in this movie. I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was a twist coming. So I was like, the whole time I was watching, I was like, is he the pappy? He might be the pappy. Like, I was, I was shook by the twist. I did not see the twist coming. I did not see like, the oh, that's going to be her mother. I did not see that twist coming. So I nope. appreciate the, that. End of the day, the twist ends up being dark as hell because the, Mark Strong goes like, she's a true narcissist. And like, she was like, abort that baby. Like, post-life. Like, like <laughs> the baby's already out the womb and she's like, get rid of it. I love when what? she asked oh. him, like, when I told you to get rid of the baby, what exactly did you think that I meant by that? Like, that shit was wild. I was like, God damn, Emma Thompson, have a heart. 
I mean, if she was killing adults, she like that's fair. It's like this little fucking think twice about some things she doesn't even <laughs> truly fuck them kids. <laughs> All fuck them kids first team. Oh yeah, I that shit was dark as hell, bro. And like the first 10 minutes, like we mentioned, like up until the mom died. Really, actually, like the first, like she was in school, like getting bullied and fighting and shit. That was fun. And then we go to this like whorehouse looking situation, <laughs> and it's immediately stupid as hell. And then it picked right back up as soon as she met what are their names, Jasper and something or other, Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> So, Jasper yeah. and Horace, 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 yes, it, yeah, Horace, Horace is good for him. He, he looks like a horse. <laughs> yeah, Jasper and Horace, which are the same two henchmen from everything else. But yeah, I, I, I well, one, two, it, you can't really. A, a few of the dogs weren't animated. They would go back and forth between when they would animate the dogs and when they weren't. Yep. And then, but there was this weird uncanny valley at the very beginning of the movie where they're like chasing after her and you're just kind of like, those are real dogs. That's just a <laughs> dumb brain of me. So that was added to the, to the just, I, I don't even know what to call it. The, the, the stupidity of the entire scene to me, to be honest. And, but in the end, it doesn't even end up being why she hates Dalmatians. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I really like to be honest. I don't care that much because I, I wasn't watching 101 Dalmatians growing up. Like I knew that the movie existed. But I didn't give a fuck. Like I'm just, that was that was not my movie. Yeah, that's so, not one. That wasn't one of my like bangers. So I've seen it, but like I didn't really, I didn't really have a sense of like why. Yeah, you know, I was just like whatever. Like I don't really care about those fucking dogs. Yeah, I, I love dogs, like, but I don't really care about those particular dogs. And yeah, whatever. You know, I definitely noticed the switch between the animated dogs and the real dogs though, and it was jarring. I definitely noticed that. I don't know. I uh, it, moving on from that though too is is uh, the, these petty criminals that grow up on the streets of London, like pickpocketing people, all of a sudden are like, "All right, how are we going to rob this safe?" <laughs> yeah, were you in the game for so long? You, the you montage was supposed to establish that they were getting better and more. Uh, sophisticated at their trade that's what the montage is supposed to tell you yeah but then he's like looping camera feeds and like hey man it became oceans 11 there for a second i was fine with it i was (laughs) like sure let's do it yeah you know they been robbing since they were 10 years old yeah yeah they learned tricks of the trade they you know they set the game up they probably met some henchmen along the way the stuff that they were robbing, I felt like they should have been out of the game by then. They were robbing diamonds and getting all sorts <laughs> of valuable things. There's only three of them. They don't have that many miles to feed. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that, too. It's like when you uh, watch a, uh, a movie and it doesn't work for you because they accumulate so much money. You're like, wait, why are they still doing this? And like, they've accumulated enough money to not live like this anymore. But I, you know, I quickly got rid of that. I was like, it's fun to watching them steal shit. So I guess I'm going with it. The only part of it that like kind of took me out of it a little bit, I was like, how long have y'all lived here? No one's bought this building. This is London. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one bought this like studio apartment. Nobody was like, I need a place to stay. Like, here's this vacant building. Let me buy that shit. But- also, for real, how are they getting there? Because I think when they were kids, they had to like 
go up a ladder, jump in a hole in a roof onto a bed frame. By the time you hit 30, your bone's cracking. You are- yeah, they, they, <laughs> you're not they doing just, that. They just call a locksmith at some point. Like, hey, give, give us a key. Come on. Can we make <laughs> an elevator in here? We've been here for 10 years. Trust me, nobody cares. Please just uh, let us open the door. Actually, we just answered our own question. They have so much money. They bought the building. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, that well, makes much more sense. Yeah. yeah. That would explain why they're still broke. That would explain why they're still broke. London is not cheap. (laughs) Paying off that mortgage. Paying off that big-ass mortgage on that building. Buying fucking vans and garbage trucks so they can do fashion entrances. (laughs) Those fashion entrances were fire. I really enjoyed them. I've never been somebody that cared about fashion until watching this movie. Literally, I didn't care about red carpets or anything. And now watching this movie, I realized this is art not art that's been that's meant to be wear, worn on the streets but this is living breathing art right there i was it, i was captivated by those interests there is a deeper story with it like what you see in like the devil wears prada where there is like the the i don't even know the pretension or the 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 craziness that comes with with people that are so good at their craft that they're just like I need 18 oyster shells and not a second later than tomorrow night. And you're just like, what? Okay. Uh, yeah, go get them. And, or, you know, I need 30 cockroaches to put on this dress. And you're just like, why? Okay, well, fine. It's just crazy shit that people do for art, but then they wear it. And, and you know, we always talk about crazy painters and crazy uh you know, uh, artists like musicians and, 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 uh, filmmakers, I would argue that some of the dressmakers and like clothes designers may even be even weirder. Yeah, bro. They like, we all tripped out when Kanye had his like Jesus era, but like fashion designers, they do that shit like every season. Like they got to have a new <laughs> Jesus moment. <laughs> I had one for fucking fall, winter. I need a new one for spring, summer. Like, people got to remember this shit for the rest of their lives and how this fashion show made them feel. (laughs) Yeah. My my biggest complaint with the movie, and then I'll kind of shut up about my complaints. Probably not. But the, the biggest complaint with the thing was one was, Oh, with this mask on at this ball, I am unrecognizable as, as Cruella or Estella or whatever. And then when she takes the turn into the personality of Cruella, none of her friends call her out for being a big fucking weirdo. They kind of do. Yeah. Jasper kind of does. I mean, Jasper's like, yeah, this is strange, but no one's like, do you need to go to the hospital? Like, (laughs) you're all of a sudden a different person. They think she's in mourning, which she is. Because you're all of a sudden a different person than you were being. Like, you you just don't call me that. Okay, this is strange. This is very weird. Yeah, I mean... I mean, these days, you know, I'd probably just like accept that, like, you know, but the old me would have been like, nah, shut the fuck up. We're not doing that shit, bro. Like, you're, I've, sound right. like, your mama called right. you Estella. I'm calling you Estella. Like, <laughs> I've called you Estella for literally 17 years when we've been living in the same house. So, all of a sudden, to call you a different name. Yeah, again, don't don't cancel us. We don't we don't dead name on this podcast anymore. But you know, I feel bad for old boy when she like messed up his cereal. (laughs) He wasn't doing anything to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just push that bowl off the table. And my rice krispie treats are on the floor. 
Yeah. I'd be like, hey, bro, if you'll get your ass and clean this shit up, bro. Honestly, we all live here. They're siblings at that point. He should should have been upside her head like, what's going on? He, I mean, she really just (laughs) bitch slapped him around because it was all of a sudden just like, you're going to do my dirty work when we were a team and they were just going, okay. Hey, bro, we got into the game to like steal shit. (laughs) I'm not about your fashion bullshit. Like, I'm glad you got your little job or whatever, but like, nah, bro, this is not. Jasper's like, I got to learn how to play the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked angry while doing it too. (laughs) He was killing that shit though, bro. That scene was incredible. (laughs) I did like that scene. I thought that was actually really cool. Yeah, all the. Like we were saying earlier, all the music is extremely cliche. And like Teach said, you can predict that shit. Like if they played it for you, like a silent version of the movie, you could be like, okay, yeah, they played probably play five to one. Okay, they played uh other fucking songs that were in this movie that are in every car commercial ever or whatever. But it all just worked. I also just think it's like a I have my own opinions of white feminism, but it's like a perfect time in society to make a film like this, which is really just a, a, a rooted in feminism. It's literally rooted in this woman is a, working for a powerful woman and she wants to become a powerful woman and she wants to, you know, be the best at fashion. Like Eric was saying, you know, it's like a, on some level, it's like a uber feminist and you can definitely feel that in the way that they're doing the soundtrack for sure. They're definitely you got the same kind of vibes you were getting from Captain Marvel, where you knew there was going to be, you know, some 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 like very blatant allusions to feminism, just because it's a thing that is very popular right now, a thing that sells, and a thing that they have found a way to monetize. And so you kind of get a little sense of that too in the soundtrack, especially going back to the '70s rock and just using like a lot of uh, women uh, rock artists and putting their music in there. The Tina Turner cover of whatever that song is is just awesome. But also was just like, uh, oh, uh, this makes perfect sense here. Like, I, I I thought the music really added to the film. But we can tell that it's, even though it's like, a, okay, that was predictable. Somebody still got to make that decision. It still has to work with the scene. And I thought more times than not, it worked. The music uh, takes work with the scene, which is all you can really ask for. Yeah, some of the songs that were in here, Five to One by The Doors, like we mentioned. Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a Nina Simone yeah. one. One Way or Another by Blondie, Should I Stay or Go by The Clash. Uh, you got these boots are made for walking in here because, of course, you do. Like, the, mm-hmm. the shit's in here. They played Car Wash at one point, and I was like, mm, I don't know about that one, but I love this song. But, like, what I don't that in. Do you remember? Uh, I think she was in the in that store or whatever with she the, was cleaning the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cleaning the store. Yeah. I like Emma Emma Stone who's always she's done a lot of films where she's just like uh somebody on the low end of society so she's like literally cleaning stuff and she looks real drabby and I like she did that in The Favorite which is my favorite Emma Stone movie it's incredible uh and so to see kind of the allusions back to that cuz if you remember the guy who wh- the writers of this movie also wrote The Favorite so this these are the same people oh, so yeah. Um, this is why she's on the project. She wanted to work with them again because they're great writers. And I thought the film was pretty well written. The dialogue was snappy. Uh, I like to see the, her keep working with them. I thought I think they have good chemistry together. So the I really dialogue didn't realize it's for the same people, but that makes sense. Yeah, the dialogue wasn't the problem for me. Um, the the story arc was, to be honest. But uh, that I mean, obviously they've made better projects. 
course, but wait, did somebody involved in this was also involved in the Devil Wears Prada? Oh, that would make a lot of sense because I, I, I felt the same way as I was watching Roy, and I was like, "Oh, this is the Devil Wears Prada." I get this. This story had like five writers. This thing was, this thing had so many. It was like story by Steve Zisis and Kelly Marcel and Aileen Broch McKenna, and Aileen Broch McKenna did Devil Wears Prada. She wrote Devils Wears Prada. Oh. Um, and then it was written by screenplay by Tony McNamara and Dana Fox, who did the fa- who did the favor. Tony McNamara did the favorite. Yeah, one of them did. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, there's there's a little bit of everything, I think, in this thing. And, and great filmmakers were involved, I think. And obviously, like, I'd like to see them. I, I would like to see them, like, fold this into maybe another mainline 101 Dalmatians movie or Cruella, whatever you want to call it, Cruella 2 or however you do it. Just because, like. That'd be awesome. I'm a, I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. When she was driving the, when she was driving the car and looking all crazy, I was like, ah, ah, I was like the Leo pointing <laughs> meme. <I was> like, <laughs> like, yeah. So it, I'm a sucker for nostalgia at the end of the day. So if they can bring it back, cause I remember, I mean, it's not really a good film when you go back and watch it, but I remember genuinely loving the, the, the Glenn Close Cruella DeVille thing and thinking that she was genuinely terrifying i don't know if if emma stone can be that genuinely terrifying but she had i don't know she had something about her she had, i wouldn't want to cross her I yeah I, it probably wouldn't make not, her that genuinely terrifying because we just saw this story so it would probably be a kind of different spin on the character she's not like i don't think emma stone is capable of being scary at this point at least not to me because we've seen her be just the regular person in she's so many charming. movies for too charming so long yeah she's a charming lovable regular down-to-earth girl like she was fucking gwen stacy in a spider-man movie like the tom hanks of actresses yeah she's oh yeah she's, she's kind of she's not really I, in the favorite she's kind of like obviously she's not like a good guy um you know i i would say she's a bit uh ruthless which i guess is something you could also say about this character just having like a ruthless drive to accomplish what you want to accomplish but i think that it's kind of couched in that like uber feminist I'm leaning to work you know I can I can conquer the world because I can conquer this area of business kind of mindset it's not really like a devious like Glenn Close's uh, portrayal which is like a complete devious like I do this because it makes me feel good I'm gonna laugh as these people mourn their dogs and I'm gonna murder these dogs like it's kind of a different vibe but they put yeah. that different spin on it like you were saying earlier about white feminism, I think a lot of like Emma Stone's character in this and then just a lot of like our other movies like The Favorite or whatever, like what she what she's able to pull off is that, you know, I know something that they don't know. Like I know more than they think I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of thing, which, you know, can feel like a very white feminist thing at some point yeah. where it's like, you know, am I like doing a whole lot? No, but I know more than they think I know. Like I, it's, they, they ain't get me, they ain't fool me. Like it's always thing, like but... uh they are underestimating me which works to my advantage that's the kind of characters that she's into like yeah you, you don't see my true potential but i know it and i don't ever doubt it and i'm just going to show it to you at some point yeah so i don't think they can make her like terrifying in a, another Cuella movie or 101 Dalmatians movie or whatever but i would still watch the fuck out of it because she's great and like her being the crazy weirdo it wasn't scary but yeah it was, it was fun though 
I wouldn't want her to be terrifying. Just thinking of her potentially going that Joker route that uh, 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 Joaquin Phoenix did, I wouldn't want to see Emma Stone try to do anything like that. I think this Cruella is fun because she is a little sly. She is a little quirky. She is a little bit still the world is against me because they've all underestimated me um, to kind of what you were saying um, earlier. They didn't even notice that it was me, even though all I did was put on a wig or took off a wig and put on a mask. They still didn't think it was, oh, it was our intern or whatever that we work with every single day because I'm just so much of somebody that blends in with the crowd. So I like I like Cruella being being that character. And maybe that's what I didn't connect with, with the original 101, 102 Dalmatians. I don't know. I can't talk to like 10 year old Eric why he didn't really right. fuck with that movie. But I think a part of it is that- Deep dive into your psyche right now. Go <laughs> find it. Like a part of me was like, I didn't have dogs growing up. So I didn't really, again, I'm not, as a disclaimer, I'm not a dog hater. That is not going to be my hate hot take today or anything. Oh, I got but... scared. I got so scared. After <laughs> Beyonce hot take, we were going to get somebody like, you know, dogs fucking suck. And I'm scared. You know why I like this movie? <laughs> because dogs need to be taken down a peg. <laughs> taken down a peg. Like, they're just too cocky. Like, nah. Yeah, we got to fight back against the big dog agenda. That shit ends today with this movie. <laughs> big dog, like those dumb big dog shirts. You remember those? Oh, God, big dog shirts, them playing poker or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Yeah, I think I think I connected to, to this movie because Cruella, something about how Emma Stone played them, sometimes something about how they wrote her felt very much familiar in almost a way where any of us, any of us, not psychopaths, but any of us could find our way down this route if we're confronted with our mom dying and then we're underestimated and then we have this ability to take this person down we could find our way down this path then our real mom ends up being an actual site mass murderer yep like are there just bodies all over london that we don't know about because she like literally did not remember who she's killed and what's the nobody's ever been down to the bottom of that cliff bro nobody went to search for <laughs> shit <laughs> They're just like, oh, she fell? Whoops. Well, RIP, I guess we'll have a fake funeral over here. My my whole thing though, that was really funny at the end when they bring all of the um when they bring all of all of like the guests out onto the onto the porch or whatever, and she's like, Oh she yeah, jumped. you saw her, she jumped <laughs> like this. We just watched you. We literally just watched you push her. Does she not hear the crowd behind her? That's what I'm saying. Like, literally every person you've ever met in your life is behind you right now. <laughs> like, are you not noticing? The audacity. She jumped. Are you... <laughs> mm, mm, I don't know. But I don't know about I, uh, that one. I guess because people are idiots, they don't they don't know that Estella is Cuella or whatever. So I was like, they... Cruella just popped up like right now. <laughs> Y'all thought that shit was cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No one was suspicious. They're like, oh, that <laughs> she showed up. <laughs> like immediately went from the cliff to putting on that wig and getting up there. <laughs> yeah. Like she's going to like she's going to jail right now. And oh shit, here's Cruella. Haven't seen her in a few hours. But <laughs> 
Yeah, she just uh, she leaves all of her money to this person that looks exactly like her. <laughs> yeah, that's very far fetched. But their names wanted... rhyme; they look alike. That's weird. Hmm. I also like the Deville, the car. That's where she gets the last name from. I thought that was rude. Yeah, was that was that canon or no? I don't. I think they wrote that for the film. Okay. It makes a lot of. T- I think it's maybe the car that she drives in the in the animated movie or whatever. Oh, uh, it might be, but I mean, obviously, Cruella Deville is always a. Um, she was a. She was in literary stuff before, before the movie. Uh, but it, when you, it's what's the what's the term for, the name? It's it's cruel devil, but like, that's the. I don't even know just the way they say it. Yeah, just the way that they say it. It's cruel it's, devil. It's like a, like like it's, it's wild that we have a movie to humanize the woman that they named cruel devil as their character name. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I enjoyed it though. But it was wild. Eric, why was this movie out of like? Would you put this on top of like? I don't know if you've seen all the other uh, live action uh, Disney movies. Would you put this on top of those? It's better than the Lion King one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would I think I would definitely put it on top of of all the other ones. I did enjoy Aladdin, but I think what I liked about this is because it wasn't a true remake. There's right. a reason why some of these stories yes. are told in an animated fashion. And that's just yes. they can do stuff with animation that you physically can't do with real people. So I liked that they didn't try to do a one for one uh type of remake because i don't know it would it would it, it would have looked weird for me to um to see that and we already had that with glenn close so this just adds background and color to a story we already know i agree I'd rather than make 10 more of these than remake another movie that we've already seen like those yep. remakes don't do like do something original it, it, it some of them will work some of them won't but at least it's original at least it's like oh i've never seen this before this is a new story like I don't need to see the Lion King again. I saw a superior version of it when I was a kid. But I don't need to see the Lion King again, a far worse version, and now it's physical and it looks weird. Like, I don't need that. There is an uncanny valley that they hadn't figured out there when they made that movie where it's like where you you try to make something in real life or make it look... And it looked great for what he was able to do. Um, uh, John Favreau did that movie, I think. And, And... it looked great for what they was able to do and it made a billion dollars. So we're like, why do they keep making these live action remakes? Cause they make a billion dollars. That's why you keep making these live action remakes. And but- I'm absolutely going to see the second one in theaters night one. <laughs> oh, I'm back Lion in King there. Two? Yep. But Wait, the- they're making, they're making a Lion King two live action. Well, they're the same cast and stuff. I think too. What? Cool, what? Bro. Yeah. It made a billion dollars, bro. You know, they was going to be back. The mouse don't leave money on the table. <laughs> So wait, is this have the same plot as the Lion King two? Isn't there Lion King two or Lion King one point five? What? Yeah, there is a Lion those King. Are, yeah. What the fuck both are we doing? Nobody <laughs> even see the Lion King two. Why are we we making that movie? I was the Lion King two straight to DVD, straight to VHS. VHS one point yeah. five was one point five went straight to VHS. But Lion King two doing? is Lion King two Simba's Pride straight to VHS. We don't have to remake that film. People already rejected it. We're remaking it. <laughs> Soundtrack <Wow>. slaps. <laughs> but I'm thinking about this live action Lion King. I think it might be a prequel. Oh, okay. Hold I on. Think it Come might in. Come I'm, in. Yeah. I'm back. Because it is Ryan Coogler doing it. If it's a prequel, I am fucking back. Take if my money, Disney. About Mufasa. 
want give me the Mufasa story. I'm in there, bro. Day one. Take my fucking money, Mouse Overlords. I'm in. The the thing though that Oh shit, you're right, Eric. It's a live action prequel. Fucking fuck yes. Turn it up. Thank you, Disney. You get uh, here's a billion more dollars. How'd Scar get us? Well, you know what? I think they're probably like, well, they heard the criticisms of some of this stuff, like we were saying, is that we can't do these things beat for beat anymore. I think people have, uh, even though they made its money, sort of soured on it. Would they they could tell uh, that it was running thin, and that they yeah, probably kind of hated that movie. Yeah, yeah. they probably weren't going to catch lightning in a bottle a second time with making that much money on a second like remake of Simba's Pride. That, like you said, that nobody. I mean, I saw it. I had it, but like, at the clamp, I think you know? I saw it, but I don't even remember. All I remember is the one song from that movie that made it into the stage show, and that's the only thing I remember from it. That's the only thing I remember from. It. And I just think, yeah. So doing something different with these movies is where you probably need to go. But will they venture away from the IP that they ever have and start doing more live action like Disney princesses and like making? No, absolutely not. It will always be within one degree of kevin bacon away from <laughs> where where they from were this, from the stuff that's proven like we yeah, know that people love the lion king if we, we slap the lion king on it people are gonna go see it because people love the lion king because it's awesome so why would we make the new zebra movie that is a new idea when we could literally slap lion king on it and guarantee we're gonna make a billion dollars yeah or they'll just do the thing where they're like yeah this this is a fox movie yeah, we're not. That's not Disney. <laughs> Fox did that. Going straight to Hulu. <laughs> I think Netflix called, inquired about that film, but that's not yeah. a Disney movie. Yeah, we just, this was another problem. It's just from the holdover. It was in the vault. <laughs> Yuck. But it's, yeah. uh, Go ahead. It's Barry Jenkins just wanted to do that. It's Barry Jenkins is doing the Lion King prequel. Oh, oh really? sign me the fuck up. This shit's going to be beautiful. I'm in. And they can recast Beyonce. So it's about to be black as hell. Paul Catalina can leave us alone. Yeah, fuck you, Paul. Beyonce's about to get more money. It's <laughs> going to be awesome. Oh, that billionaire. Uh, she's so struggling for that money already. I, I, I think you're right, Eric, where they're going to have to kind of start doing new things within the realm of of this but i think it does to be honest i haven't seen all the all the live action remakes um i need to really sit down and hash out aladdin and what that did differently i think and i think it, from what i've heard it did a lot of things differently but i i would count this right up there with um the jungle book is as one of the better live action remakes for sure mm-hmm. i thought i haven't seen jungle book but i have seen aladdin and i think it's i think it's better than aladdin Aladdin is good, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I really want to watch that again or whatever. I was just like, well, Smith did better than I thought. And, you know, I had a better time than I expected. And that's it. But this I was like, this is fun as fuck. I want to watch this shit again. I'm not paying $30 to see this shit at any point in my life. But once it's free on Disney Plus again, I got to watch it again. Just don't make a live action Toy Story. And I think I could live with whatever they do. God, the uncanny valley see, of that would be the terrible. The uncanny valley of the way the toys look as real, it would be fucking horrendous. That is nightmare material. It was already scary enough when uh, Sid's like spider yes, yes. baby head thing. Imagine <laughs> we don't that. need them to make that in real life. We don't and that, need that dog, like, I don't know the last when the last time y'all watched 
the original Toy Story movie, but holy shit, that dog is ugly. Yeah. That's some of the worst <laughs> animation, like live it, action missing potato heads. It would be crazy. It looks like clip art now <laughs> when you go back and you watch it. You're just it's like so fucking ass. <laughs> For the time, people were like, "This is a, you can see the hairs on the dog," and now you're just kind of like, "What is that brick walking around?" It's so thing? weird looking, <laughs> but. What a great! Oh, I love Toy Story, man. This is, I'm gonna watch that shit tonight. Well, no, I'm not. I'm gonna watch Loki tonight, but I'm gonna watch Toy Story soon. It's just so charming. Oh shit! No, please don't ruin hours. Toy Story. <laughs> Do not ruin Toy Story with the live action remake. They, they won't because they those are one of the Pixar's. Those things are kind of sacred, where they're like, all yeah. right, we're gonna steadily increase animation to the point where it almost looks different until you can't even tell. So that's what they, yeah, that's what they (laughs) are doing within the confines of those movies. So I don't think they'll even mess with, because they have gradually increased. You've seen it. They've gradually increased to where it's like, you can see dust particles in the air. Like, why do we need that? You know, but (laughs) I know I'm watching a cartoon. cartoon. (laughs) And then you watch Soul and it's like, is that just a picture of New York city right now? Like, (laughs) yeah. Is that an actual picture of a tree? I think that was a picture of a tree, but yeah, it was just one of those things where I don't think they'll do that, but all of their shit, anything that is in like the public domain that they own, like, like Peter Pan or Robin Hood or Cinderella or anything like that, anything from pre-1960, that shit is going up for sure. I mean, are we really that far from them just being like, fuck it, we're doing Frozen again, but live action? <laughs> no, I wouldn't doubt it. Like, they, they, they just got to do it at some point. I, they're, they probably just, they're probably just waiting on, like, the perfect casting choice to be like, okay, yeah, we're we're doing it again. We're going to make $7 billion on this property. <laughs> they will definitely be doing that. They're waiting for but Kristen my- Bell to completely age out of the role where they're just like, <laughs> we can't justify casting you. <laughs> I uh, my hot take for the day is that Frozen stinks. It just doesn't do it. Wrong. Doesn't move them. Doesn't move the needle for me either. It does nothing for me. Both of you are wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't see the second one because the first one wasn't good. So I didn't. Into the Unknown is a great song, but um, I didn't like the second one. I I don't want to. I kind of. I don't want to let it go. I don't care about those songs. My niece loves Frozen. Everybody's niece loves Frozen. Uh, It's not for me. (laughs) Biggest tragedy of that movie is that it gave agencies it gave agency to white uh, sorority girls to sing that at parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was a rough time. That that was like my that was like my junior year of college. I think it was my freshman year, your sophomore year, or something like that. Yeah, it tough. It was I, I hard out imagine. here. I'm just sorry, trying to go, no. just trying to go to a house party, and Jessica's just like, "Play, let it go." yeah man. oh god dark no. fucking times but I'll, I'll be honest i saw that movie three times in theaters in three different states like i, bro, I three different bro. states Wait, what the hell were you doing bro. yeah see a different movie <laughs> no <laughs> were you taking family members or, or yeah what? it was one of those things where like it came out around christmas time right so i went on vacation with my family and we saw it and then I got back to Waco and saw it again. And then I went and visited some more family members for Christmas who hadn't seen it. And I was like, fuck it, let's go again. So, yeah, I fucking love, I love Frozen. I'm sorry. You like Olaf the Snowman that much? Young King. All right. <laughs> uh, 
you like the you like the horny snowman that's what <laughs> i, I mean relatable <laughs> oh my god can't uh, ban the snowman jesus all right um is there any of these projects like legitimately i know none of the pixar stuff is there anything that back in like disney vault that you would like to actually see them try to adapt into something new not directly adapt or it could be directly adapt but eric i'll go first we'll go around the table i think we can uh riff on this for a moment yeah i think the one that's probably the most obvious that's um that besides what we just talked about with the lion king is probably ursula I know that in an interview, Emma Stone said that that's who she wants uh, to be the next like villain that gets a backstory just because it's an octopus. It challenges you in a different direction. We have no clue what Ursula's parents were like. We really don't know much about Ursula um, besides that she has a fantastic lawyer and able to create contracts <laughs> to get uh, songs for or voices for legs. Souls. But, yeah, for souls. Um, but I think that would be interesting. I'm very interested in this uh, this upcoming remake, um, live action remake that has right now appears to be a fire cast. Yeah, isn't yeah. Javier Bardem in that? Yeah, Melissa McCarthy what? is Ursula. Javier Bardem is trying. Wait, uh, Melissa McCarthy is going to be Ursula? Yeah. Up, yep. oh, just like that. I'm in. There you go. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Sold. One of the I don't remember if it's Chloe or Hallie. It's Chloe. No, oh, it's, it's Hallie. Sorry. It's, it's Hallie. Hallie. Yeah. Hallie's going to be um, Ariel. So I'm in on that. Yeah. White people are going to be very upset about that movie. So, you know, I got to be all in behind it. I'll be there. I'll be spending my black ass dollars at the movie yep. theater. I'll be there. Regardless if it's good or not, I got to see it twice in theaters. Yeah. Even if it's ass, I got to be on Twitter like, nah, bro, y'all just didn't understand. Like, it went over your head. <laughs> y'all, y'all, you got to have a certain level of intelligence to appreciate. Yep. <laughs> little mermaid the, live the little mermaid live action yeah <laughs> um they've already made alice in wonderland that was kind of like they dipped their toes into this uh but i feel like that was even different from what they're doing now that was just like a johnny depp go be weird thing we're gonna try to make this yeah that, that was like a tim burton we're gonna try to be dark with these spinoffs and everything that's just like bleh. but uh do y'all have one dex teeds that y'all would want to see no dex so we we were talking about Aladdin and I think uh Jafar one would be really, really good because like you get the impression Jafar has been in the game for forever. Like when you watch Aladdin, at least the animated one. So I think like that whole story and like him doing some other like treasure heist thing would be really cool. Like a young Jafar would be super dope. Uh, I also I'm not talking necessarily about villains, but it's just any of the Disney, um, any of the Disney animation, like, yeah, yeah. A scar film would be fire, scar yeah. would be so fire if they just made scar like gay, like everybody thinks that he's gay and magnificent, like kind of fabulous, and they just bodied it, it would be incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm young scar being bullied for being gay, yes, and yes for his yes. brother being like the all American quarterback, basically. <laughs> <laughs> this oh fucking lion high school <laughs> oh my god this, this is the exact opposite of what we need we need who's a hero do their backstory and realize they're actually an asshole like mufasa so that's what we need 
Yeah, Mufasa's uh, fucking roofie and chicks at parties and shit because he's the Lord. <laughs> captain of the football team. Mufasa is basically basically Jameis Winston and his brother is a gay arts, <laughs> art kid, a gay art student who like is kind of artsy and has weird tastes. And you realize quickly that Mufasa was the bad guy the whole time. Mufasa uh, was sending he, some questionable text <laughs> messages late night. Far <laughs> is fucking just sitting there like theorizing about like libertarian society and shit. And he's like, if I was in charge, wouldn't be no kings. Like we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be equals and we're all gonna be just living off the land. Then he like becomes king and everything just goes to shit immediately. I'd watch this. <laughs> this Bernie Sanders has some really <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch this. Good Lord. Teach. Mine was the Scar one. That's my choice. I want a Scar uh, origin story film where Scar is the bad guy, but really a good guy. I would like to see, this is a really uh, kind of a, just a random, I would, I, well, one, I would like to see, this isn't the random one, but I would like to see a Moana based on Maui, though. Uh. Just get the rock in there. Just do it. Yo, yeah, do it. I, I don't care what they do with Moana. Count me the fuck in. That shit is yeah. amazing. Get, get or the Coco. rock in there. Yeah. Or, or Coco. Or Coco. Um, but Treasure Planet. Do y'all remember this movie? Vaguely. I, I remember it existing. I don't know. I don't remember What the hell is Treasure it. Planet? I remember the McDonald's toys. I mean, yes. Is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite literally just Treasure Planet, like the story of Treasure Planet, but based in like this steampunk, like, flying spaceship sort of thing it is wait is treasure planet one of those like based on a disney ride like things no no oh, but okay. um but it, it's literally like treasure planet the story has been around for a millennia with like long john silver and everything else but it just took that <laughs> and made it in the in the um made it into the future and it, it had like Joseph Gordon Levitt and everything else. But I thought that would, that would be a kind of interesting thing. They did that with like black sales where they actually made it like pre treasure planet or Tre treasure planet. Isn't the IP treasure Island is the IP, but they, made Oh, it. okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm somebody was screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a, that'd be interesting, but yeah, my pick would be like, give me a Maui. Give me a Maui uh, backstory. Have uh, have the Rock in there, like doo-wop in his way and not being able to sing <laughs> to 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 getting whatever it is. Getting the another, check, another check. Another great... villain one that I would love would be the the stepmother from uh, Tangled. <laughs> I feel like that shit would be incredible. Tangled, underrated film. Doesn't get held up there in uh, high enough regard with all the other I agree. princesses. I agree. It's because Frozen and Moana came out right after. Like, yeah. So everybody True. picks either Frozen or Moana to be their one. And then there's like the weirdos who are like, yeah, but what about Tangled? Even though Tangled is great. Everybody's like, get with the program, bro. Pick Frozen or Moana. Like, come on. You know one that, I mean, needs to get more play is the Imp uh, Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Like oh, yes. I feel like that would be hilarious. That film is amazing. Yeah. That I film watched is it again way... recently on a whim, bro. That shit is still hilarious I need to, to this I need day. to go back and still watch that. That shit is really funny. Surprisingly, has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought that would have been one of those ones that people hated back in the day. But it, that movie is insanely quotable. 
It's so crazy. It's like David Spade's best movie. It's, it it's really good. It is old. really good, David Spade. Really good, David Spade. Yeah, it's it is twenty one years old now. Wow. Yeah, and it, it holds up. I'm about like, to go back that, and watch that shit. That shit is still incredible. Like from the jump, like when he's doing his intro, like theme music and shit, <laughs> still like hilarious all the way through to the end of the movie. My spinach puffs. Shout out to Ursa <laughs> Kit. When he's doing the little, uh, he's making his own like music as he's sneaking around, and then they see him and he goes, he's like has to hold the note. Every time I watch that a hundred times, I laugh every time. Pull the lever, crunk. Wrong lever. (laughs) Poison for for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Poison was meant for Cusco. David Spade is so good in that movie. What what a weird movie. It's perfect. I'm going to go back and rewatch that. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that has been our Cruella and Disney monologue. Um, what was our draft? We were we were doing a list, weren't we? We were gonna do what we just did. <laughs> yeah, we just did kind of what we were gonna do. Ah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we fucked up the draft, so we should. There's not gonna be no traditional draft. But everybody should plug a movie they've seen, a relatively new movie, like within the last couple of years, they've seen that people should watch that uh, they don't think a lot of people saw. Was that our draft? What were we supposed to do? We were going to do our Disney movies that we wanted to see more IP from. Ah, fuck. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, guys. I didn't you realize. Just, you were just, just such a good host. You just easily melded it into the conversation. It just made sense. It just yeah. made sense. Perfect yeah. transition skills. It's exactly what that was. Totally. Um, okay. Now, uh, I will say, I'll start off a movie that I saw recently. Um, uh, I saw A Quiet Place Part 2 in the theater. That movie was great. I really, really enjoyed that movie. Almost as much as, as the first one. It's not as good as the first one. And it doesn't have a lot in common with the first one, other than the, the monsters and being quiet. But um, <laughs> it, it's way more action-packed. Jim from The Office is all of a sudden a great filmmaker, so that's weird. Go see it in theaters; it's definitely worth seeing. They did a good job with it. It just—it's just weird that Emily Blunt has nothing. Like she has basically nothing to do, which is weird because she is such the center of the first film. Mm -hmm. So I guess it does say something about that they're able to focus the film mostly on the daughter this time, and uh, it still turned out to be like pretty damn good. I still really enjoyed it. I I wouldn't the kid. I think the kids are good. The brother, little boy uh, struggles at times, but the little girl is just awesome. She is just, she was amazing. And we got uh, what's his face into this film, which is a perfect addition to the cast. Uh, what's his, uh, what's, God, I always forget the guy's name, Aiden, whatever his name is. But he was awesome. Great film. Good recommendation. Uh, are you talking about, um, oh, what's his, now you, uh, I always forget his name. You're gonna. Oh, God everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. I went to go see it with a woman, and she was like, "Oh my God, I love this guy. I'm so happy that he's in this film." Wait, oh, so, uh, Killian? Killian Murphy. Oh, Killian. Yeah. Murphy. yeah. As soon as you see him at the baseball game, you're like, "We're gonna see that guy again. He's way too <laughs> famous." He said, "You don't just have him in the movie so that everybody can die." Like, 
You go see him again. Obviously. He's way too hot for this Pennsylvania town. <laughs> yes. Like, what are we? <laughs> that guy's meant for greater things. We'll be seeing him again. So, dude, not to no, no spoilers or nothing, but ja- Jaimin Hansu is in that movie for literally like he's in all of the promotional material. And not to spoil, like how he, he's just in like ten minutes of the movie though. Yeah, huh. crazy. Yeah, I thought he would have been a main character based yeah. off of literally every trailer. <laughs> And he's in every press tour. And I mean, he's like the third biggest actor in the movie. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's he's only in 10 minutes of the movie. It's crazy. I'm going to uh, age myself. But when I was a kid, I was I love scary movies. And Scream 2 came out. Obviously, Scream 2 was a big hit. Or Scream 1 was a big hit. Scream 2 came out and it had Jada Pinkett in it. And so she's on all the promotional materials. And it's like, I love Jada Pinkett. I love Scream. This is going to be fucking amazing. And you go in the movie theater and she literally dies in the first scene. Of the movie, she literally is dead. Like, isn't that Wait. the same with? Isn't that the same with Drew Barrymore in the first movie? Yes, Drew, Drew, uh, Drew Barrymore dies like within the first. No, yes, Drew Barrymore dies with like within the first five minutes. It's the first scene. Yeah. So like they they obviously rehashed back to that, but I was very excited. I was like, finally, we got some black people in here. Like, let's go. <laughs> and they killed her immediately, and I was just like, oh, you sons of. But obviously, they're playing on the trope. They're very aware of the genre, so like it was such a good gag. But I was just so shocked by it because I was like, oh, I thought I was coming to watch a Jada Pinkett movie. And then now she's dead. <laughs> Y'all seen anything other uh, recently that, oh, uh, another thing that I watched today before work, I watched Bo Burnham's special Inside oh. on Netflix. Holy shit. That was. Is it good? Ooh, uh, it, it is. It is good. It's hard to describe because it's like, I don't want to sound pretentious, but but it's just unlike it, because within that is his own pretension of, that he filmed this all by himself and he's going over his mental state and everything else. And he films himself crying and like naked and everything. It's like, it's kind of, it's, it, it is unlike anything that I've ever seen as a hey, special. Beg pardon. <laughs> is this the guy that made eighth grade? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I mean, he was a comedian before all that. I mean, he's not full frontal naked and not what I'm saying. It's it, like, he just kind of is like, dance around in his underwear and doing stuff and singing songs. And it's really crazy exploration of like his mentality through uh, quarantine and everything else. And it was, he made it within like the year within COVID. And so it's like a really interesting exploration of, of depression and anxiety and stuff. And it really can fuck you up if you're not in the right mental state. So it is unlike anything that I've ever seen from him or probably anyone else, honestly. See, I saw people talking about like a new Bob Burnham thing. And I was like, this is like supposed to be like funny jokes, right? But apparently this is not just funny jokes. (laughs) Apparently this is not just jokes. (laughs) Because, yeah, I'm used to Bob Burnham doing like those like songs and shit that he used to do. Those silly songs, yeah. Yeah. There is there there is songs, but there's one. It's like I'll send it to you. It's called "Welcome Welcome to the Internet," and it's about like how terrible actually everything is on the internet and how you have access to anything. The the line is anything and everything all of the time, and it's just kind of like, yeah, that's probably not good. Should I be watching this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dex, you've been back to the movies, but you've seen Cruella. Did you see anything else recently? Uh, the last thing I saw before Cruella was Riot in the Last Dragon, which I'm realizing not a lot of people who don't have kids like have seen. So you should definitely watch that shit. It's free on Disney Plus now. It was like the premiere access or whatever while I was in theaters, but now it's free. No extra charge on Disney Plus. So you should watch that shit. It is 
way more compelling than I expected it to be, even just from the trailers. Like I saw the trailers and I was like, you know, Kelly Marie Tran is in this, Aquafina's in it. I'm gonna watch it. Whatever happens, happens. But I went to the theaters and I was like, this is this is amazing. Like there's mm-hmm. like a lot of laugh out loud funny shit that happens in this movie. The setup of it is really good. It's like it's basically like a Kill Bill for kids. <laughs> like there's like weird like weirdly a lot of parallels like kill bill in this movie (laughs) but it's just a ton of fun man if you have kids they'll love it obviously but even as a 25 year old i was sitting in the movies like yo this is dope and like the the animation is gorgeous like that movie looks incredible it's not like that lifelike animation or whatever that you get with like soul or anything like that but like there's so many like skylines that they'll show or like horizon shots or even just like just small character moments that are just like fucking just beautiful so heard the action of that dragon i need heard, to watch that heard the action and it is intense yeah, yeah. I, I give it an a man that, that that movie is good <laughs> i'm gonna watch it eric have you seen anything recently worth shouting out or any series you're watching you shouted out a special on your instagram earlier yeah. today I was just about to say that I um, speaking of comedy specials that you go in and you didn't realize what you were signing up for. Um, Hannah Gatsby's Nanette. I don't know if you all have seen that, but it came out in 2018. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it is it's incredible. So what's funny is um, I was I was hey, this was what last Sunday or something with my girlfriend and we were going to watch that Bo Burnham special. And then at that we almost turned it on and I said, I kind of want something a little bit lighter. I'm not really like, <laughs> oh. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really feeling like going down this, this path tonight. And so we did the thing where you just scroll, scroll, scroll. And then she was like, oh, have you seen Nanette? And I said, I hadn't. She was like, all right, that's what we're going to watch. And the first bit of it is typical comedian stand-up jokes. Um, she breaks down the structure and the psychological structure of a joke, talking about holding in tension and then the humor is the release with the punchline. Um, and then at about halfway through, you start to realize what she's doing and she's relating that to her own life as she's from New Zealand or she's from Australia, Tasmania. Um, her own life as a lesbian and talking about how much tension that she held within herself because when she walks into a room, she is the tension. And everybody in her whole life is about how to release that tension from other people. Um, and I'm not going to give too much away because I think it's beautiful with how she how she um, uh, talks about her story. But it just made me think about jokes very differently. But it also made me think about how we are allies to communities um, that we're not a part of, and how so much of what we do as allies is to relieve tension within ourselves because we feel some inner turmoil instead of actually holding that tension with somebody who has to live it in their every single day life um so yeah so i just wrote a review about it um but i'll I, even in the review i was like forget all the words i say just go watch it because she says it beautifully yeah i need to get to it it was one of those ones it's like just because i I'd, I'd love bo burnham since youtube so i was like all right i'm just gonna grin and bear through it with that i was kind of like oh man that <laughs> is one of those yeah. ones where it's like I didn't, if I didn't know the source material, I was like, I mean, am I going to suggest my subject myself to feeling bad? But yeah, uh, did you like, yeah. did you like eighth grade? I never got into eighth grade though. That was another one where I was like, I, something about like kids getting bullied has always it's been good. Like, it's yeah, good. 
but something about kids getting bullied has always been like that is sort of like a non-starter for me within or like awkwardness of teenagers i'm always just kind of like i did that i don't want to go back and revisit that it makes you root for her which is why it works but i i definitely my movie that i just watched recently uh well i watched the big lebowski again i've probably seen it 150 times it's just perfect it's john goodman the he is one of the most underappreciated like actual good actors ever because he was on roseanne making a million dollars for a long time john goodman is fucking incredible and it for some reason only uh only these dudes who make these weird films that people love know that john goodman is amazing because he doesn't get nearly enough work except for that one time he was in a cloverfield sequel which was weird yeah i was gonna say that was the last thing i remember john goodman <laughs> that was fucking in. weird that he was he's in doing film. he's doing good work in uh righteous gemstones right now oh yeah that's true. he is good in that that's true yep. i love that john goodman back, bro that show was amazing <laughs> i love john goodman so i just every time i watch that movie Obviously, the character of the big, uh, like the character of the dude, is amazing. But I'm always so drawn to the John Goodman performance. He's just incredible. It's just, it's so he he delivers every line perfectly. So if you haven't seen The Big Lebowski, go watch The Big Lebowski, please. It's a perfect movie. We got a we got a request in my Twitter DM. Somebody was like, "Have you done Twister?" And I was like, "What? Why?" Twister's actually good. Not done Twister. Well, you know, I used to love Twister. It holds up. I haven't seen it. Only thing I can remember is that cow, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> them driving a Ford F two fifty through a house, through a literally through a house. Yep. Yeah, that movie uh, still works, man. It's it's not bad. Oh <laughs> uh, man, so we may have to do Twister, but I know we are going to do Ryan the Last Dragon just because it's free. We'll get Matt. Yes, back on let's here. do that. I want to watch it anyway. We'll bring Matt back. Yeah. So, Eric, where can they find your uh, ratings, your reviews? Obviously, your your big and rating stuff on instagram and uh kind of do what we do but on that platform go ahead yeah thanks so much for letting me shout this out so it's on instagram um it's e square movie reviews but you can find it at at e2 underscore movie reviews um so yeah so I, i'm trying to get better at being reliable on putting my reviews up sort of like you all are good at putting these podcasts out um, so I'm trying to start this process. Where sometimes, I'm sometimes. Yeah, at least wait, once a week. Wait, but, is it E2 underscore movie reviews or E2 underscore film reviews? Film reviews. Sorry about that. Film reviews. I already, I messed up my own, my own thing, but it's film. Damn, dog. You got to get better at the plug, bro. Exactly. I'm terrible at the plug. Yeah, we can edit that part out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit him one more time with where, where it is. One more time. Yep. So it's. E2 underscore film reviews. Awesome. And uh, you can find us at One Take Pod on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, you can email the show if you want to, actually, at One Take Podcast Show at gmail.com. We haven't checked that in a millennia. So we probably have like sponsors or something that are like, hey, hi. Uh, football <laughs> microphones. I'll tell you. No, that. it is not. <laughs> well, if they want to sponsor the podcast, we will definitely switch. Blue blue snowball microphone sponsored by. Um, but the you can find us there. You can also find us uh all Apollo content at Apollo H O U on uh Apollo H O U dot com and then it's uh, Apollo H O U on Twitter. But Dex, where can they find the dopest Houston sports merch? Apollo H-O-U.com. You click on the shop button at the top. There's a big ass menu. You can't miss it. It's so easy. 
what they can do with technology these days. Incredible. So you click shop and then you just see a bunch of like fly ass Houston merch and you're like, hey, I want to buy that. So you add it to your cart, right? Very simple, easy shit. We've all done it. And then once you're in your cart, there's a little space where you can put a promo code. I'm going to give you a promo code. It's going to change your life right now. <laughs> One take pod. O-N-E. T-A-K-E-P-O-D. You put that in the promo code box, you get 10% off. Holy shit. Who? No. What? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. O-N-E-T-A-K-E-P-O-D. You put that shit in there, you get 10% off. The flyest Houston merch you've ever seen. Like They just released a uh, MVP shirt. They just released a uh, Framber Valdez Franchise shirt. Yeah, with, we uh, After he went seven and a third innings. And blanked, or not blanked, he gave up one run to the Boston Red Sox. So the franchise. Yeah, fuck the Red Sox. But anyway, yeah, go Definitely on there. Fuck the Red Sox. Buy some clothes. Support Apollo Media. Support the One Take Pod. You know, maybe one day we'll have our own T-shirts on there if y'all start using our promo code. One can only hope. All right, you can find us at all those platforms. Download, subscribe. I know a few of you have left uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. And uh, please go on, just swipe right on those five stars. I really do appreciate that. Other than that, be well. We'll see you later. It's Loki season. That's what we're about to go watch. Hashtag yes, support Florence Pugh. As a boy. Oh, yeah. Next, sorry. What are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. We out. We're out.